Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. Now, Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Oilers and Eskimos. 6.30 Chad. Kevin says, Reed, I remember when the Eskimos had signed Matt Nichols and the coaches refused to play him. Instead, they played all the washed-up veterans whose names I can't even recall. I think it was Cavis Reed, not Richie Hall. Anyway, we may have seen a different Matt if the coaches had played him more. That's from Farmer Kevin. Tyler says, bench the MOP. I see no sense in that. Riley carries the team. No way I would put in a different quarterback. The Eskimos and Stampeders getting set to go tomorrow. Brickfield at Commonwealth Stadium. We'll have it for you right here on 6.30. Chad coverage starting at 3.30. Coming up in this uh, half hour, in a few minutes we'll get to it actually, you'll hear some comments from uh, Connor McDavid. He was able to connect with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Now earlier today. Already on Inside Sports, we've had, well, I guess we can't really call him a new member of the Oilers because he doesn't have a contract. He's going to try out Christopher Stieg. If uh, you missed that, you can always go get it on the Inside Sports page on 630ched.com. Just a couple... Uh, thoughts here on the Eskimos before I get to the McDavid stuff because I just want to continue with the thoughts on the quarterbacks and I I, you know it's it's always here's the thing the the backup quarterback it's the old saying the backup quarterback is always the most popular guy in town if you have a if you have a losing football team and the Eskimos are right on the fence sitting at five five and five James Franklin did some good things last year there's a there's a lot that we don't know about him, and quite frankly, I don't even know if he if he's considered the backup quarterback. I think they might consider Jordan Lynch the backup quarterback. Now I know he goes in for those the wildcat plays or whatever you want to call them, where they do a little more running and and misdirection. But I'm not even sure if if you'd consider James Franklin the backup if it came if it came down to that. And I I don't think. Personally, and, and I'll back up what I'm saying here, guys. I don't think that a two-quarterback system is actually something that exists or, quite frankly, has existed for a long time. Now, if you go back to, and, and, I, know, and I know in this city we're, we're sort of blessed with that run between 1978 and 1990 when, what, the Eskimos won six great cups, including five in a row. And we could even extend it to 1993 a little bit because the Oilers went to a couple more conference finals after they won the Cup in 90, and then the Eskimos won the Cup again in 93. Um, that's, that, that era is certainly a blessing. It, sometimes it's a little bit of a curse, too. Maybe curse isn't the right word, but I think it can be a little bit of a hang-up because it was so glorious, and a lot of times we look at it as, as a bit of a blueprint, right? Well... 
you know, people always say, well, you need somebody, you know, the Oilers had Saminko, so we need somebody like Saminko now. Well, it's I don't know if it's that cut and dried. And people look at Moon and, and Tom Wilkinson, Warren Moon and Tom Wilkinson. Yes, there there was a brief period of time where they kind of would each play a half. But deeper into the, the dynasty of five in a row, I mean, Wilkinson was the backup. It, it wasn't always they would both play. And I, Tom Wilkinson and Hector Pothy were in studio with me a couple of summers ago. It was, a, it was a great interview. Maybe it was even last summer. I can't remember. It was either last summer or the summer before. And it was awesome talking to those guys for an hour. And even Wilkinson said there was a point where he thought, I shouldn't be on the field. Like, Warren, Warren Moon needs to play. So, yes, there was a time where they brought Moon along. Uh, and, and, yeah, maybe you could argue it was kind of a two-quarterback system. That... Can you think of another example in either side of the border, pro football, CFL or NFL? Don't hit me with college or high school examples. Can you hit me with an example where that's actually been the case? Because I can't think of one. And I want to say this. Ricky Ray and Jason Moss were not a two-quarterback system in 2002. Jason Moss got hurt. Ricky Ray burst onto the scene. He basically took the job away. Yes, there were games where they both played, but that was more along the lines of what I was saying, where you had two relatively inexperienced quarterbacks, and and Tom Higgins made a switch, and and he knew that they were both fairly competent. I, I like here's the thing. I, okay, so Jim called in earlier and said, "Why not put James Franklin in?" I can't remember the exact phrase he put but for for a change of pace or to see if he he can change things up here's the thing if you put James Franklin in to a game and 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 I I don't want to make this sound as as a put down to James Franklin because I think he has some potential and again he did he did some good things last year but if I feel that if you throw James Franklin into a game there is a greater chance he's going to do worse than Riley, even if Riley's struggling. You want to throw a cold James Franklin into a game against that ferocious Calgary defense? Personally, I don't. Personally, I don't. I mean, I still think you have a better chance with Riley. Riley didn't have a great game against Calgary. I don't think anybody did. Now, I know it's easiest to change the quarterback position. He touches the ball on every play, all that kind of stuff. But I I just don't think putting a guy in for a a series or two, to to me, that's more of a formula to fall further behind than than to try to catch up, personally. And you have an ex-quarterback coaching the team, so you know maybe he's thinking from how he liked to be treated as a quarterback. Just just saying. It's seven twelve, Brian is on the open line. Hello, Brian. Hi. Hey Brian, go ahead. Hey, uh I um talked to you a couple of times about uh, the two quarterback situation before with the Eskimos and uh I'm I'm definitely in favor of uh Riley being the go to guy. Um but I but I also think that uh, you have to develop the other quarterbacks because, you know, there's uh, like, for example, Mazzoli was here. Uh, Matt Nichols was here. And I think they're both pretty good quarterbacks. They did both play here. Mazzoli obviously left. Mazzoli, yeah, Mazzoli hardly played here. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
But, you know, Mike Riley is one play away from being injured. And, I, and you know, regardless of how good that starter is, and Riley, I think, is one of the best, you need to give the guy, the other guy, some reps. Because otherwise, like you said, you're throwing, you're throwing, you feel like he's being thrown in, you know, in a desperate situation or a situation where, you know, there's a lot of pressure on the guy. You give the guy some reps in the, hello? Yeah, you're still going, Brian. Oh, Keep going. Sorry about that. You give the guy some reps during the game when, when maybe there isn't that much pressure and you let Riley sit on or, or stand on the sidelines and just watch from the outside. I think it'll make Riley a better quarterback, and I think it would it would help develop that second uh, quarterback. And if that's Franklin, um, you know, and I mean, I think the guy's definitely got talent, but is he ever going to play here? That's that's the thing. Probably not. He might get traded in the off season. Who knows? Well, right? you know what? You know what? The, the bad thing about that, Rose Reed, is he might be a great quarterback. We don't know because he, he's never going to play. He could be. But I think he's got some raw materials. Yeah. So, again, you know, getting back to and, – and, I mean, I'm old school. I go back to Wilkinson and Limmerman and right. Warren Moon and those guys. But they always – when they were successful, they always had quarterback – you know, more than one quarterback that, that did something a little different than the other guy could. And whether he could run or whether he – you know, he could throw into a, a tire 30 yards away, whatever, you know, uh, perfect spiral, whatever. But quarterbacks that had, you know, their own skill sets and – and I think that Riley, as good as he is, and I think I, I still think he's the best quarterback. He's not running as much this year, um, which you know, for whatever reason, I, I'm, I'm, I don't think he's he's hurt. But they probably are scared scared to uh, take a chance and have him get hurt. And I think that's that's the wrong way to play, in my opinion. Well. But- Brian, it's an interesting debate. I mean, obviously we're on different sides of it, and that's and that's fine. I mean, if the, if the team's winning, then we're not even talking about it. Right. But I'm just going to bring this up. Um, on Labor Day Monday, Hamilton fell behind by 20 points against Toronto, and Austin didn't put Masoli in, and he knows what Masoli can do. He kept with Caleros, and they exploded, and they won the game. So, I mean... You know, like it, they, the coaches are reluctant to change their starters. I think. Oh no, hey, I I agree, and and Calaris is a great quarterback, but you're still. It doesn't matter how good the quarterback is; he's one play away from being, you know, a, a, an injury and hopefully not a serious one. And well, then what do you do? Okay, but let me ask you this. Let me ask you this: if if James Franklin was playing five plays a game, does that really help him if he has to become the starter if Riley gets hurt? Five absolutely. plays a game, like a series I or two. Absolutely, think it will. If you give him, you give him two series a game, one or two series a game. He's going into live, live action, live fire. Uh, he's he's, he's going to get the experience. I mean, it may not be much, but as long as he knows he's getting that, he's going to feed off that. And I, I guarantee he'll grow. I believe he will. Anyway, um, um, I, I mean, I'd love to ask him that question. Uh, well, maybe I'll get a chance to this season. Uh, Brian, thanks for calling, man. I do appreciate your passion for the Eskimos, buddy. Thanks, Reed. All right. That is Brian at 780-496-0063. Still 3-1 United States leading Canada early in the third period of a World Cup tune-up game in Columbus. we got to take a quick timeout, and then I'm going to get to that Connor McDavid interview that he had with Bob earlier today. This is J.C. Sheriff from your Edmonton Eskimos, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad. 
What a shot by Drew Doughty down the right wing. Blew it by Ben Bishop. Canada now within a goal. That happened during the commercial break. And now, is that Claude Giroux? Yeah, 28. I think it is, Drew, isn't it? That's the number he's got for he World Cup. He is being helped off the ice here. He's doubled over. Mm-hmm. And this has been a physical game. I mean, Ryan Kessler got a major for a hit from behind. And uh, there's another hard hit. Pavelski came in. I'm just watching the, the replays here as we talk about this. Kane went in against Muzzin and then... Yeah, Pavelski hit Giroux, and he kind of got sandwiched in between uh, Muzzin and uh, Pavelski. So he goes off with an injury. Man, this is a, this is a tough one. All right, seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Russ has called in as well. Hello, Russ. Hi. Hey, Russ. Um, so I was at the game Monday. Okay. And um, and uh, I mean, all this talk about quarterback sort of frustrates me because I think Riley gives him the best chance on any given play. But my observation from being at the game was it was really our defense couldn't stop Calgary was what I would say the breaking point in the game. Yeah, well, the Eskimos' defense, I mean, there are some problems with it, Russ. The the secondary has struggled all year, and they give up too many passing plays that, that shift the field. Even if they don't go for a touchdown, a team goes from its own 30 to the Eskimos' 30 in, in one play. And the D-line hasn't been getting enough pressure, and that's why they've signed Philip Hunt, and, and he's going to start on the weekend because Jason Vega is now on the six-game injured list. So I, I, think it's, I think it's the secondary and not enough quarterback pressure, and, and the defense sometimes gets picked apart, especially when you got a, an offense that's as polished as Calgary's. No, exactly. But I was, before the game, I was talking to my son, and I was saying, you know, I, I look at the offenses, and they appear to be fairly evenly matched on any given day, and I was worried that our defense wouldn't be able to stop Calgary's offense, and theirs would stop us, and that's kind of what seemed to happen. Well, yeah, I, the first, and Calgary's defense is very good, and I know from watching that game on TV, and, and you said you were there, Russ? I was. I mean, you can't on TV. I can't see down the field, but I know when I talked to Morley and Dave when they were getting back from Calgary, and they said, you know, even when Riley scrambled or had good protection or was buying time, the receivers were still blanketed. I mean, even after five, six, seven seconds, they were still they were still covering the Eskimos receivers. And plus, the Eskimos don't have a dangerous third guy like they did last year with Kenny Stafford. It's it's a lot of Walker and Bowman. And those guys are great. Like They should get the most targets. But I mean so all those little things added up to a game that Calgary pretty much controlled, I thought. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And, and you're right. I mean, even when Riley had a little time, it wasn't like he was finding anybody open. And that was my criticism of the Eskimos. The receivers for the Stampeders were always open. It seemed to me, watching from the stands. Well, and, and the thing is, well, as well, Russ, I mean, we know the Eskimos have to address the secondary. I asked Ed Hervey about that at his, at his midseason media availability, and he said he doesn't like making massive changes. But I, I know Ed's the type of guy he's, he's, you know, I think he learned a lesson with some of the Rotier comments from three years ago. He, he doesn't want to sit there and, and bash guys now. Here's the thing. Aaron Grimes left for the NFL. He was excellent. John Ojo got hurt in the preseason. He was excellent. I'm sure Ed knows Marcel Young is struggling, 
but they tr- they've tried Solomon Means. They had Gary Peters from the NC, you know, NCAA guys who were, you know, from big some of them from big schools. They had Tristan Thompson. So I, I think Ed was faced, and I'm just, uh, you know, Ed hasn't told me anything off the record or anything. I'm just trying to read into the situation. Grimes leaves. Ojo gets hurt. Do you cut Marcel Young and just give the job to a younger guy, or do you try to find a, re- a replacement? And I think he probably thought, I'm better off with the continuity and signing a guy like Brandon Thompson, who was with Ottawa last year, rather than just ripping more more pieces apart. So, I mean, he took a ch- he, you know, he has He has had other guys here to try out for jobs. They just haven't been able to win them. Oh, no, no, I wasn't, I, I wasn't casting dispersion. No, no, I know. I, I was just thinking through it. Yeah. No, you're right. I and I, I, yeah, I, I didn't, th- I didn't think you were criticizing it or anything. I'm, I'm just trying to say here's probably how he thought it through, and maybe okay. why some of these weaknesses still exist. Yeah, fair enough. But just as I'm listening to the show as I'm cruising around Edmonton tonight, um, it just frustrated me that people seem to think that taking Riley out and putting Franklin in would have won the game when sitting in the stands. That wasn't, to me, the biggest problem. They got close a couple times, and then the Calgary offense turned it on again. I mean, even late in the game, they scored. They were down 14, and the Calgary came right back and scored another touchdown. It was about three or four minutes left, as I remember. Yeah, well, they miss them. They held Calgary to two and out, and scored again, got a game. Yeah, well, Messam Messam took over the game last quarter and a half. He was the best player on the field by a wide margin. I thought absolutely he did. Yeah, I agree. Russ, I got to run to the news here right away, but I appreciate you listening, and I hope you're able to enjoy the game tomorrow, man. I'm going. Okay, I'll see you there. That is Russ at seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. People kind of divided on the quarterback issue. I, I think you got you got to stick with Riley. Uh, 3-2, Canada trailing the States. 12 minutes left in the third period in that uh, tune-up game. Blue Jay, oh my goodness, I hadn't checked for a while. Blue Jays down 9-2 to the Red Sox in the top of the seventh. Western Hockey League action tonight. one nothing Calgary Hitman leading the Oil Kings preseason action in St. Albert. They're almost halfway through the first period. And do we have a Golden Bears football score yet? Uh, that one is not well. All right, that, the, the website is not updating. How lame an update is that? <laughs> I'll have to keep checking that for you. Uh, Golden Bears home opener against Saskatchewan tonight. We're going to get a live update, by the way, from Matt Gooch from the U of A at about eight twenty tonight. Your scoreboard presented by Crystal Glass. All your glass needs. Visit crystalglass.ca. Jamie Thomas will talk a little football with us. We'll get to the Connor McDavid comments. You'll hear from Jason Moss. You'll hear from J.C. Sherritt, Morley Scott with an update too. whole bunch more to come. Thanks for tuning in tonight. It's Inside Sports on 630 Chet. Darius Bowman from your Edmonton Eskimos, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad. Receiver in the Canadian Football League, only guy over a thousand yards so far. He has one thousand and eight. 
slight edge on Chris Williams with Ottawa. He's at 991. Naaman Roosevelt, a really good player for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, is third. Darrell Walker now fourth at 960. So you got four guys between 960 and 1,008 yards. After that, it drops down to under 800. Inside Sports on 630 Chat. Thanks a lot for joining us tonight. My name is Reed Wilkins. Dennis texted in. He said, uh, Reed, do you think Aaron Grimes will come back to the Eskimos? <laughs> I, I hope so. Uh, I'm not going to count on it, though. But, yeah, that, that's, that's secondary. I, I think there have been improvements, but still, still overall a problem unfortunately, for the uh, Eskimos. All right, I found somebody tweeting from the Saskatchewan-Alberta game. No score between the Huskies and the Golden Bears over at Foot Field. The Canada West website just doesn't have any stats on it, unless I'm totally on the wrong page, but I, I don't think I am. Anyway, uh, you can text 630-630, the phone number 780-496-0063. You can always email inside sports at 630ched.com. You can tweet me at... Reed Wilkins. All right. Here is Connor McDavid, captain of Team North America. They won 4 nothing last night. He was on Oilers Now earlier today with Bob Stoffer. Connor, uh, long time no talk. How's your summer been? Been good. Um, you know, I had a little bit of downtime, but certainly ready to get going. Um, you know, it's been good to get started here at camp and um, you know, excited to get World Cup going and uh, ultimately get back to Edmonton. We interviewed you before nine games last year. You scored six times, so uh, maybe that bodes well. But uh, uh, give me your thoughts on uh, the honor of being selected captain for uh, you know a tremendous collection of young players in the National Hockey League. Yeah. What's that like? Yeah, I'm, I'm very very humbled and, and honored to, to wear it. I think uh, you know it's a very special thing to, to be able to wear a C on a on a team, and especially on a team like this where we have you know 22. Um, you know, amazing people and, and uh, you know, great leaders in their own right. So, um, you know, I'm definitely very honored to wear it. But um, like I keep saying, there's uh, 22 other guys in that dressing room that could wear it. Uh, is there any way that you can express just the, the, the type of talent? I mean, that the you guys have, you know, it's youth has often served in other sports, like internationally in soccer, as an example. Often the young legs uh, find ways to win. But are you a little bit taken back yourself? I mean, I know there's young guys there looking at you going, oh, man, I'm out there with Connor McDavid. But are you sitting there going, you know, I'm Aaron Eckblad on defense and, you know, Nathan McKinnon. Like, there's some tremendous hockey players, aren't there? Oh yeah, there are, and I think um, you know it's good to see. It. It's good for for the future of the game and, and all that. But um, and ultimately, we're we're here to put together a special team and and to to do something that uh, you know no other player in in, um, in the history of hockey has ever done, and, and that's to represent Team North America and um, you know win a World Cup uh, Team North America and under under twenty four guys. So um, you know we're we're trying to do something that uh, you know, no one else has ever done before. Connor, how odd is it to, you know, you've competed against the likes of uh, Jack Eichler and Austin Matthews at the World Junior Championship, and now you're all on the same team. Is it is it an easier adjustment than people would think, or do you guys kind of chuckle as they sing both national anthems, that sort of thing? Um, it's, it's, it's not a problem at all. Honestly, I think people are making, uh, you know, too big a deal of that. I mean, everyone knows what we're here for, and, um, you know, we're trying to bring everyone together, and, and you know, whatever, um, you know, beef or, or um, you know, whatever you may have, uh, you know, coming into the tournament, I don't think, uh, you know, anyone's thought about it or, or even, um, you know, acted on it or anything like that. I think everyone's coming together nicely and, um, 
you know, I think uh, the team is really starting to gel. You got uh, three right shots on the power play there with you, the uh, one that Jay Woodcroft set up, which kind of intrigued me a bit because there might be a couple right shot op- options with the Oilers when you come back here. Uh, have you been on a power play before that had that many right shot options with you sort of, uh, you know, maybe being one of, one of, one of the quarterbacks in a sense and, and giving you those kind of options? Yeah, I think, um, you know, obviously in Edmonton we have a, a lot of good left-handed players, so, um, you know, I've kind of been used to, to playing with guys, you know, a little bit on their offside or, or something like that on the power play, so uh, it's a good opportunity for, for us to be able to set up some one-timers and, um, you know, whether it's uh, it's Aaron or, um, you know, Aki or, sorry, or Aaron or, or Ikes or, um, you know, Shreif in, in the slot there, I think, um, you know, those are uh, all good options uh, to, to feed the puck to. I know you're escaping some guys in uh, Toronto at the, at the Gary Roberts camp there, uh, and some guys are saying you're actually faster this year. Do you feel faster and stronger? Um, you know, I think I had a good summer. Um, you know, I, I definitely put on a little bit of size, and um, you know, I do feel feel good on the ice. So, um, you know, I'm hoping that it translates well into into uh, some serious hockey here. We're joined by uh, Team North America captain Connor McDavid, Bob Stoffer with you in orders now. Connor, we spoke to Leon Draisaitl a couple of days ago, and he said that there were some uh, comical exchanges on the ice at the World Championship. There was a, I know there was a photo of you guys uh, towards the end. Of, I think at the end of the first period, was there any sort of you know good-natured little uh, uh, barbs between you and Leon or you and Andre last night? Oh, for sure. Um, <laughs> they're obviously good friends, and and uh, you know we're. we're uh, not friends out there last night, but of course, uh, you know, with a guy like Leon, I'm so close with that. Uh, I even look at him and I start to laugh. So, um, you know, he's a hard guy to take seriously, but um, you know, when you're out there playing against him, it's, it's no friends or anything like that. Well, obviously, Zidane Chara felt that way as he rode you to the boards with 15 seconds left in the game. Uh, hey, switching, uh, switching focus here. So you're you're playing, uh, you know, you, you get a couple uh, exhibition games in. You take a look at the teams of your tournament, and it's going to be tough. Sweden, Russia, Finland. You guys are going to need to be on your game, aren't you? Oh yeah. I mean, uh, you look at you look at the whole tournament up and down the, the list. I think uh, everyone can beat anyone, and. Um, you know, I think especially in our pool, um, you know, those three teams are, are unbelievable teams and, and um, you know, hockey hockey powers in this world. So, um, you know, it's going to be uh, it's gonna be tough, but, you know, ultimately we feel called, or, uh, confident and, uh, you know, we're looking forward to, to getting it started. Connor, I know uh, your major focus right now is North America. Last night at Rogers Place, the building was officially open with the ribbon cutting. You've been in uh, Rogers Place. How much are you looking forward to having that new home this season? Oh, I can't wait. Um, you know, and, and in Edmonton, everyone's kind of showing up now, and, and everyone's been skating together. And um, you know, you feel kind of, uh, you know, like you want to be there. But um, you know, very happy and honored to be playing this World Cup. But uh, certainly missing Edmonton, and, and uh, you know, can't wait to get into the new barn. Do you feel different at 19 than you did at 18? Do you feel like a different guy? Yeah. 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 I do. I think um, that might be hard for some people to understand, but. Um, you know, I definitely feel, you know, more comfortable, um, you know, whether it's dealing with the media or, um, you know, just in everyday life, I definitely feel more comfortable and, and you know, there's not that, um, you know, unknown or, or not knowing what uh, what's going to happen or, or something like that, you know, whether that's, you know, what's my regular day going to be like, what's my routine going to be like, what's, uh, you know, game day like, what's it even being, what's it even like being out on the ice with, with all these NHLers, I think that's all all gone and and uh, you kind of know what to expect so um just that alone i'm uh, i'm much more comfortable
Well, you know, age is a unique thing. I know my wife said to me one time, Connor, she said, uh, you know, Bob, you acted like you were 23 for the first 12 years of our marriage. The problem is we got married when you were 35. So I, I'm not quite <laughs> sure what she meant by that. But I, I, I do want to talk a bit about leadership in the next step. I mean, you're you're captaining um, the uh, the North American team. Uh, if the Oilers were to, uh, you know, management and coaching and the players felt that you're the guy, uh, how would you feel about being the, the next captain of the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club? Um, you know, so honored. Um, you know, I know it sounds, uh, you know, redundant and, and, you know, me saying that, but I think anytime you get named, you know, the captain of, of anything, I think, um, you know, and especially on a hockey team, I think it's, it's such an honor and, and you take it with such pride and, and, um, you know, you do whatever you can with it, but hopefully not much changes. Um, you know, we're lucky in Edmonton to have, uh, you know, some of the guys that we do and, and we brought in a couple older guys and, and some new faces that, um, you know, are, are great leaders. So, um, you know, we, we even have guys that uh, you know, are going to be returning that are unbelievable leaders as well. So, so many guys that can do the job and, and you know, whoever they pick for, to, to wear that letter, I think uh, they'll have a good supporting cast. That is Connor McDavid earlier today on Oilers Now. And yes, I do indeed believe he will be the next captain of the Edmonton Oilers. He's already captain of Team North America. They won their first World Cup tune-up game yesterday by a score of 4 nothing over Team Europe. Uh, the tune-up games will continue for the next few days. Tomorrow, U.S. and Canada are going to go at it again in Ottawa, and this has been a nasty affair tonight in Columbus. 3-2 the state's leading. North America will next play Europe on Sunday. That's in Montreal. Uh, North America will play the Czech Republic Wednesday afternoon in Pittsburgh, and then Wednesday evening in Pittsburgh, Canada is going to play Russia. The tournament starts uh, for real with games that'll count next Saturday. So, yeah, Connor McDavid, obviously, you know, still unreal that the Oilers won that draft lottery. Now, if you missed the Oilers news uh, earlier today, they have signed winger Christopher uh, Christopher Stieg, pardon me, to a professional tryout contract, and he was on the show earlier telling you why the Oilers appealed to him. Well, there's a lot of different reasons. Like you just named the two with McDavid and the new rink. That's always exciting and enticing for anybody. So, uh, but and for myself, being from Alberta and trying to be close to home, I have two kids and a, a newborn, and um, trying to be around family and pray, play in front of them every night would be something great for me too. So, um, I, I think that was part of it, and uh, you know, many reasons. Brandon Davidson, a, a kid who I tried to help mentor for years and uh, be a part of his um, you know his journey and, and, and see him and uh, and knowing Milan as well so you have people here you know and, and trust and uh, even Pete I was a, I was a Pete for a short time in in Boston so it's it's about coming here and um, trying to make my mark and impress everyone as best as I can and, and hopefully earn a deal some comments from Chris Versteeg, the full interview on the inside sports page on 630 Ched. 7.44 in the evening. Thanks for tuning in tonight. We're going to take a quick timeout, and then we'll bring in Jamie Thomas, host of Tiger Cats Football in Hamilton. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader, 6.30 Chad. In Toronto, it is now 11-2. The Red Sox leading the Blue Jays in the top of the eighth. The Red Sox scored six times in the seventh inning. 3-2, U.S. leading Canada. That's in Columbus World Cup tune-up game. Two and a half minutes left. Canadian Football League coming up top of the hour. Montreal is in B.C. 
Labor Day rematch for Edmonton and Calgary tomorrow. Labor Day rematch for Hamilton and Toronto this weekend as well. Jamie Thomas is the host on the Tiger Cats radio network. Jamie, welcome back to Inside Sports. How are you doing, buddy? Very good. Just uh, ready to jump off the bridge with the Blue Jays disaster that's going on right now. Don't do it. The American. They're still in a playoff spot. The World Cup is over. Canada's losing to the Americans. It's all over. (laughs) You're just you're just giving up entirely. That's awful, Jamie. Try to be more no positive. Left the U.S. Open. What's the sense of even going on? Oh my God! <laughs> There's a Star Wars movie coming out in three months. Oh, that should be enough for you. Yeah, it's plenty enough for me. Now that you say that, it changes everything. Yes. Well, I'm I'm glad I could uh, uplift you. Well, Boston was seen as. Uh, the dangerous team in the American League East that seems to yeah. be coming to fruition. Uh, I guess I should update people on the other relevant scores as well. Let me just make sure this is updated. The Yankees are leading, I think, last time I checked, and then Baltimore is... Tied 3-3 with the Tigers. That's in the eighth. I think, and, all, I think we have a four-team race all of a sudden. And the Yankees are up... Right now the Yankees. The Yankees are up 7-3. And the, all they needed to do... They're up 7-3 in the top of the sixth on Tampa Bay. All the Yankees needed to do was get rid of A-Rod. Yeah. I'm surprised I didn't figure this out earlier to get rid of some dead weight and yeah. realize how much it's going to take off. Um, it's just it's stunning what's going on with the Yankees and that uh, three-game series with the uh, with the Blue Jays. It's kind of sent a message, and now we're just waiting for the Jays' bats to get in order. And the last thing they needed was this performance from Marco Estrada. And I Estrada hasn't pitched very well in his last three starts heading into this one, and the, and the slump continues. So. Um, I mean, when momentum goes away from you, it, it goes away from you, and uh, it's, just, it's not. It's not. I'm not saying they're not going to make the playoffs. But it's not going to be easy the way things are going right now because Boston isn't just going to roll over the rest of the series because they got an opportunity to take a four-game lead by the time this weekend is over. Empty net goal for the United States, so 4-2 with a minute left against Canada in Columbus. I don't know if you've been flipping to that one. It's been like a, a second-round playoff game. Like it's been nasty. It, yeah. And I and I, you know what? I wonder. And it seems to me. Now, I've been watching most of it with the sound turned down, obviously. It seemed to me the United States was initiating more than Canada, and I, you wonder if how much is that is tort- the Tortorella effect. Oh, that's Tortorella for sure, 100%. And I think the, the Canadians knew going into this whatever's pre-tournament series or set up with the Americans, they're gonna, it's going to get pretty physical, and the Americans have been that. And I've always, you know, one thing I've always marveled about the Americans is their speed, and they have plenty of it to, to burn in this, uh, especially at this level, and um, I just—that's—that's that's the fun part of it. Now it's kind of getting our attention because when this whole thing started, the discussion of the World Cup of hockey, I, I wasn't buying into it because I just figured it was the NHL and the Players Association um, filling their coffers with with extra cash on this one. But uh, I mean, just from the quality of play from the from the exhibition games I watched, I watched North America against uh, Europe yesterday, and Connor McDavid and company look like they're going to be some problems for. The big six, if whenever they run into those those countries too. So, um, I mean, it's got my attention, and, I, and we're all starving for for hockey at this point um, of the year. And it's, it's much better than having to watch preseason hockey. I'll give you that. Well, you know what, Jim Matheson made that point. He was on the earlier, and he, and he said even a pre-tournament World Cup game is yeah. is five times better than uh, oh. an NHL <laughs> exhibition oh, game. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> they're, they're, they're so bad. <laughs> When the road team only has to dress six or seven veterans, it's awful. Yeah. So, I mean, I feel I feel for the people that pay uh, top dollar for exhibition uh, hockey 
three games that I've I've, I've seen, and I, I don't have any doubt that the hockey is not going to be good uh, the rest of the way. So it'll it'll get the momentum going, and that, that that's going to be the fun part. Well, it was interesting last night, and, and look, Jamie. You know, I would talk in and out about the World Cup of Hockey throughout the summer, and I've been talking about how 1987 Canada Cups, my favorite international tournament of all Still time. Too. It doesn't even close. Yeah. Uh, and, 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 you know, a lot of listeners would text in and, and be like, yeah, like, it's a made-up tournament. Like, well, what's the big deal? And then last night, just judging by Twitter, and it, we got to remember, it's opening night of the NFL, which is a juggernaut in yeah. the Canada and the United States. And there's, like, two guys tweeting about Carolina and Denver. And it's the rest is about <laughs> North America, Europe. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> no. Even tonight, the Blue Jays are playing the biggest series of the year. And they're quote unquote Canada's team in, in, in Major League Baseball, but everyone's tweeting about Canada, the United States tonight too. So half, I think half the country's watching this. And I'm curious to see the television numbers because that's going to be uh, a big story to me. Because I thought the Blue Jays would be in the you know 1.5 million, maybe entering almost in two million over the weekend on Saturday and Sunday uh, in those two games against the Red Sox. But uh, if these these World Cup of Hockey uh, pre-tournament games have anything to say about it, it'll, it'll be tough. And then we go into Sunday with um, week one of the NFL season going into full form. So uh, there's a lots, there's lots of attention to, to lots of options for us this weekend for what to watch on TV. Jamie Thomas joining us inside sports on 630 Chet. I was talking about the Eskimos secondary earlier, and <laughs> a couple of people said, is Aaron Grimes going to come back to the Eskimos? What's his situation? I, J- I, Jamie, I don't know if you've heard anything else. I mean, the Eagles let him go. He had a shoulder yeah. injury, so he wasn't going to play the rest of the preseason anyway. I haven't heard anything in, in recent days. I think he's just uh, out there and still a little banged kind of up. waiting to see. This is, there's lots of time, right? There could be injuries earlier on, so he could catch on with somebody. Uh, as Eskimo fans know very very well, he's a quality player, so you want to have your last crack at something before you head back to the Canadian Football League. So I, I haven't heard it any different, but if he's still kind of hanging around, Open for another crack with another NFL team, but uh, it would what an addition that would be for the Eskimo secondary because anytime you can add somebody of, of that stature, it, it's got to help you out, and especially if you're you have to deal with Calgary week in and week out. Well, and Calgary is just rolling. I mean, I, I go on on your talk show sometimes too in Hamilton, and yeah. you know you know how highly I speak of the Tiger Cats, and, and I I think there's a contingent of inside sports listeners that just mock me whenever I I sing their praises. But look look what they did to Toronto. But Calgary has just separated to such a degree, and I, and some people say you know somebody asked me earlier in the week, well, you saying the Eskimos have no chance tomorrow? No, I'm not saying they have no chance. I'm just saying how do you not you favor just have to Calgary against Calgary. anybody? You have to respect how good they are. Yeah. That's, that's not taking anything away from the Eskimos. And, yes, of course, everybody has a chance. We 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 saw Ottawa lose to Saskatchewan. That was their only win of the year. Um, and it, it, it does happen. And Montreal went to Ottawa and beat them on Friday Night Football one night in a game that they had no business of winning. And that was the Kevin Glenn five-touchdown game. So everybody has a chance. You just have to respect what Calgary is doing, and you have to play mistake-free football. And the Ticats, when they went to Calgary a couple of weeks ago, had 10 penalties in the first half, three of them on special teams. So you present those opportunities to Calgary. You're going to have to do what Hamilton has been doing time and time again. That's come back in the second half when it's too little too late when you play a team like Calgary. So uh, to, to what you have said, you're not riding off the Eskimos, and none of us are, but Calgary is making things difficult on the rest of the league if you make mistakes. And that's 
clearly what the Eskimos did on Monday night, uh, or sorry, Monday afternoon. So you stand Monday night for Labor Day games with the Eskimos and Stampeders. But what Calgary did was deliver a message, and the Eskimos are going to have to be near perfect to beat them on Saturday. All right, and uh, just in the last minute here, I mean, Hamilton, they kind of did to Toronto what they did to the Eskimos. Maybe not quite as dramatically, yeah. but, man, man, that's an explosive team. Yeah, it, it really is. And, and what, what Hamilton did to Edmonton was with Jeremiah Masoli, and you know, that's Edmonton's defense was in transition. Uh, kind of in, They're in a much better place right now. I'm, I'm not sure Eskimo fans would agree with me, but they're in a much better place now than they were in that game against the Ticats. But going down 27-7, to Toronto at home on on Labor Day is just it was a fumble. There was an interception. There's another fumble. They blocked. They blocked a kick. There was all everything that could go wrong for the Ticats did happen. But what is happening throughout the year is Orlando Steinar, the defensive coordinator for the Ticats, somehow makes these adjustments and changes everything. And I, I, it's if I haven't seen it time and time again all year, I wouldn't buy into it that much. But I've just seen it too many times now to to really buy into the genius that is Orlando Steinauer and the defense starts to get pressure on the quarterback Ricky Ray is out with a uh, a lung and, and a fractured rib because of a hit he took from Adrian Tracy which led to an interception by Courtney Steven they just keep coming and keep coming and then Zach Caleros is filling the sky with whatever he wants to do in terms of um, passing the football so they they are a juggernaut in the second half but the issue is with Hamilton, if you get them in the first half and get it down a certain way, they, they, for some whatever reason, they've come out slow in the first half. and they, they, They've trailed at the half in seven other ten games this year. Oh, wow. And by significant margins, that's just the whole thing. All right. Only led in three games. And it's been so few times I can tell you exactly who they, were, who they played against when they, were, when they were winning at the half. It hasn't happened that much. So uh, do they want to keep playing like this? No. But I look at it as you've established this is your identity. And I can't see how you change it over the final eight games of the season just because you want to change it over the final eight games. All right. We're running out of time here, Jamie. In uh, yep. in 10 seconds, who beat two in the Super Bowl? <laughs> uh, I'm picking New England over Arizona. I am taking uh, Seattle over New England. All right? Okay. Fair enough. Beautiful rematch of Super Bowl 49, which is a good one. You're taking New England over Arizona. I'm writing this down on a random sheet of paper and a scribbler <laughs> that I may throw just out in two weeks. Just it underneath your seat and find it. Look for it later on. That's the easiest place to find it. Jamie, we'll do this again soon, buddy. (laughs) Okay, buddy. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks for it. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.